Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. It's strange. What's up, campers? Welcome back to episode 86 of Camp Strange. I am your camp counselor, Alex Tobin. And I'm your other camp counselor, David Stokes. And we're back to bring the spooky, wacky, weird, strange, and foresty. Oh. It's, it has, mine has to do with the forest. Or a road. However you want to, you know, the road and the forest, you know. Well, now you're just confusing me. (laughs) <laughs> but before we get into you know our longer stories, we have some uh, news to catch you up on. As um, you know, um, David, I thought you might like this one in particular, as long-forgotten secret passageway discovered in a wall at UK Parliament. Ah, I want is so, it is it full of scales? I was about to say we know you love the UK. You we know you love your lizard uh, queen and her husband, who's a prince, not a king. Yeah, and uh, you just are, you know, fascinated with uh, the British House in in general, you know, with zero so, education on how it works. <laughs> no, yeah, no one gets it. But um, apparently, they found this this um, they found this door that just had like a tiny little keyhole in it, and everybody just walked by it, and you know, no one really, you know, noticed it. But it was like a tiny little door, and you know, this went Westminster Hall that uh, you know. I guess that's the oldest part of the the estate dates back to 1099, which is just fucking insane that, you know, something is even that old. Yeah. What the but, hell? um, that they found the secret passageway that's 360 years old and they decided to finally make a key for the hole and just like open it and see what's inside. And they found like a secret passageway that basically like Lords and ladies used to like go through to like, I think it was just like shortcut through or, you know, maybe for protection, but, um, they didn't find any, you know, grubs or scales like you would have liked, you know, you know, no human suits for their lizard bodies, but they did find, um, some graffiti because they they apparently thought that this they knew that this passageway had existed but they thought it got walled up after world war one because of like these bombings that happened but it was actually like still intact and when they opened it they found um some graffiti from uh 1834 from a from a bricklayer who penciled on the stone this room was enclosed by Tom Porter, who was very fond of old ale. Oh. So, so basically a drunk dude just graffitied on the inside of this. Hey, it's so all gotta start somewhere. Room. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of cool. They found some other graffiti from like um these masons and stuff like that. So basically this was just like a room that had um been re-cemented by some masons and some bricklayers and they're just writing shit on the inside and no one's been in there for 360 years and it's just really crazy to talk about how many like kings and queens and you know royalty have gone through those little halls and whatnot and it's just really interesting in general to have something that you didn't like that's everybody's like dream i feel like is to find a like a a secret passageway in your house that has like like, some historical significance you you find a safe under the carpet when you're recarpeting the house oh my god those always pop up on reddit and i still have yet to find any of them that actually have had anything cool in them which is always always a bummer it's always garbage 
Yeah, it's always just like, oh, it's a, it's a, um, not even like a penny. A penny would be kind of cool. It's always just like a scrap of paper or something. You know, nothing like yeah, or like or an old an cap. old can. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so there was nothing really in the rooms, but you know, still cool. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> so you uh, you want me to go right here? Yeah, yeah. Hit me with the news right. story. So uh, a zoo has been trying to get two pandas to mate for 10 years. When the coronavirus shut down the zoo, the pandas finally did it. I heard about that recently. That was in Japan? I think China. China. Okay. Yeah. I well, mean... Cause, yeah, because our buddy Craig sent that to us in a group chat. And I didn't really mm-hmm. read into it. I was like, oh, that's cool. But then I, when I saw this headline, I didn't think about the fact that the zoo was shut down. So now that they actually had some goddamn privacy... They could get to the I, baby making. I know. I was just thinking about. I'm like nothing. Nothing throws off your game more than you know, forty small, people looking at you. Small little Hong Kong a, children staring at you through glass. And, and children jumping down into the pit. Rest yeah. in peace, Harambe. Yeah, I don't but, never forget Harambe. Harambe knew COVID was coming. That's why they took him out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. In reality, it is kind of crazy to think that like they've tried so hard, specifically with pandas. Because if you remember yeah. Anchorman, that was like oh. a big, a big subplot in that movie where yes. Ling, <laughs> I think it's Ling Ling the panda or whatever, is like finally giving birth or like finally made it or whatever. So for how much they want pandas to mate, they really do also want you know, the spectators. And this is just kind of a wake up call. If anything, this is like a silver lining out of this whole pandemic where it's like, maybe there should be a time where like, you know, spectators aren't allowed to see the pandas. Like at a certain time of year when they're maybe like more inclined to mate. So I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious news. what, I'm just curious what Disneyland will look like when they reopen, you know, cause they've got to be doing some work in there. Right. You think all the characters are like mating with each other? We're going to get yeah. like some fucked up hybrid, like goofy Mickey, I mean, I know they're both guys, but a goofy mini, I should say. It's going to be like like deformed mascots dragging its haunches around. (laughs) That would be like a really actually like fun um, Kingdom Hearts spinoff. It's like like the the horror DLC where you have to go through Disneyland after like an apocalypse has happened and everybody's like been mating with each other and they're all just like different species so like they're all coming out kind of fucked up and inbred a little bit or something and they're evil right well, the, the game fallout 4 had a an expansion to it that was basically that in the sense it was a uh it was like a it was like a disneyland themed thing for their uh for their like soda company like their pep like their coke and oh, so you went really? to like the amusement park it was awesome yeah Oh, see, I want to see like a Lightning McQueen with like Ursula tentacles coming out of the bottom of the car, right? Something like that. Something real fucked up looking. That would definitely make me spill my beans on myself. (laughs) He's eating beans. (laughs) Anyway, um, I have another uh, story as Mum, so you know it's from the UK. Again, I have all this UK news. Mum, who gave birth during coronavirus lockdown, calls child COVID Bryant. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, I mean, well, that's one way to fuck your kid up right from the get-go. That's what people are saying. People are like, I think this kid needs therapy already. Like, it, it, there's like, bullying is like imminent. 
other people are saying this is so 2020, but basically, if you guys haven't figured it out by now, it is a combination of COVID-19, the virus we are all dealing with, and of course, the late great basketball player for the Los Angeles Lakers, Kobe Bryant, who passed away in a helicopter crash, and she combined it, combined both of these names to form COVID Bryant. I'm assuming Bryant is the middle name. COVID is first name. I kind of would have wanted him flipped. So at least yeah. you'd be like, oh, my name's Bryant. Like, oh, Brian? It's like COVID, you know exactly, you know, what it's relating to. Yeah, it, I just feel like that's a little insensitive to name someone after something that's killing so many people. Not only that, but just like talk about the memories associated with that name. Like, Oh, your first name is a worldwide pandemic that killed thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people. The second one is the most one of the most beloved basketball stars who died tragically in a helicopter crash. And your last name is related to me and your dad, who are obviously shitty parents because we (laughs) named you this. So all three names are fucking traumatic memories. You're either going to become a great musician or (laughs) an okay or or serial killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> an okay, an okay male stripper is what I uh is what I strive for in life. Just okay. Yeah, just a, I mean, yeah, you're not bad. Yeah. Just okay. I'll give him a dollar, but Yeah. I'm not going to tell people co- I'm not going to tell people I I went here. He's working but. his way through medical school, okay? <laughs> oh god. Anyway, well that's that's mine. Well, what uh what other news you got for me? Uh, middle-aged crowd breaks uh, the stay-at-home order to watch Pink Floyd cover band and uh, chant "fuck the police" as police arrive. Those, do you say middle-aged? Was those damn boomers out there? Yep, middle-aged. I mean, who else is going to a Pink Floyd cover band? That's that's true. I mean, cover bands in general are you 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 kneel to the cover bands once you're like above 40 because then the band you loved has kind of like gotten worse than the cover band you know what oh, i mean yeah. like i'm not saying like don't go see the rolling stones or anything like that but like because you want to see them just because of the rolling stones but there are bands out there that are probably sound more like the rolling stones in their prime than the rolling stones do now yeah but oh yeah it, no, i mean it, that's one of my favorite group you know grateful dead there are so many cover bands of the fucking grateful dead it's insane Oh, that's true. I totally but forgot. A, yeah, yeah. A big aspect of the Grateful Dead is just their uh, their live performances. So it is kind of exciting to see, you know, the variations that other people bring to it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And but I mean, I think a lot of the time too. Like, um, my dad went and saw the Beach Boys, and he said that he said that for every Beach Boy that was on stage. Like he saw him like probably two years ago, and he goes for every Beach Boy that was on stage, there was somebody playing their instrument and somebody singing their part. So it's like there was two people accompanying accompanying each Beach Boy. So that just goes to show you that you know they're just like people are going to see like I just saw the Beach Boys before like you know the majority of them died. Yeah, exactly. So are, at are least the sh- Grateful Dead still shredding, right? Are you? Oh, I mean they're they're the uh, Dead and Company with John Mayer now. But are you sure yeah. your dad didn't see? Slipknot? (laughs) (laughs) Papa might have been confused. (laughs) He did say that somebody smelled a dead crow in a jar and then puked in their mask, as you you love to tell me about their drummer, that he does that before every show. (laughs) He's like, you know, I don't remember them banging trash cans and kegs back in the day. Those Beach Boys have really gotten extreme. 
<laughs> they're fun. They're fun. But, um, I mean, it also goes to t- show you that, like, every generation loves to complain about the younger generation. They're like, oh, you guys are so irresponsible. I'm like, you guys, like, literally had Woodstock where it's just, like, people having orgies in mud and, like, nobody showered for, like, two months. And yeah. you're dropping acid and, like, s- like creating riots and protests and stuff like that. And then you get mad at the younger generations. Like you were just as irresponsible, just like in a different way. And then they just go, no, it's the season of love. And I'm like, okay, well you're just romanticizing it now, but Hey, I'm all for Woodstock. Yeah. I'm all for all that behavior. That's fine. It's just admit that, you know, it's cool behavior, right? Yeah. Well, there was one, there was one element of the story that I didn't immediately think of, but, um, you know, the middle-aged crowd isn't necessarily the safest from COVID, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so well, the top comment is, I've never been dying to see any cover band. Like, literally, <laughs> like, they're risking their life to see a cover band. It's not even the real Pink Floyd. Like, jeez. Yeah, I know. I'd, you'd be better off just, like, watching YouTube videos of, like, live performances at your oh, house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, hey. To, to each their own. If they want to, if that's their legacy, Peepaw died <laughs> watching, watching, uh, Blue Floyd. I don't know. What are these, what are these cover bands names anymore? You know what I mean? They're kind of like yeah. weirdly adjacent, but like quirky. They're usually like song titles. What's a, what's a dark side of the, of the room of the broom. <laughs> yeah. Dark side of the broom. <laughs> anyway, uh the drywall i don't know another (laughs) another fucking nail in the drywall i don't know but uh fuck um but yeah do you have one more news story i think you said you had three. i do right yeah Uh, so uh man fined for 240 mile round trip to buy bread wait what so uh because you know we're not supposed to be going out unless we it's essential needs and stuff so this guy got pulled over and it turned out he was on a 240-mile round trip to buy some bread. Oh, oh, I see what's going on here. His excuse uh, was... <laughs> oh, he, he said that he had been in the car with his two young children and claimed bread in London was one euro cheaper. <laughs> what about the where, gas? Like, come was, on. Where was, he, where was he coming from? I don't know, 120 miles away from London. Well, I was kind of thinking of the same thing where I was like, okay, you're not allowed to be like traveling places. They want to keep everybody kind of quarantined. And I was like, if I get like, because um, it got brought to me, it brought up to me that like, you know, you, you shouldn't be driving on the road at all and like traveling. So like you can get pulled over for that and be like, what are you doing? And I was like, what would my excuse be? Like, because you can't just be like, oh, I'm going home to like visit people because they're like, don't do that. You'll get a fine. So it's only for yeah. essential things. So I guess they can't prove that he wasn't going to get bread? Yeah. But he, hey. he was also going 110 miles per hour. Oh, well, he didn't want to get caught. Yeah. He probably thought all the cops were, you know, at home too. Exactly. That's cool. That's very If he's on the Autobahn, you know, then that's that's fair that's, game. That's that's Germany. But yeah. Well, you said he came from a couple hundred miles away. Well, it was a 240 mile round trip so he was a hundred oh wait you said long. london quick math yeah, yeah never mind i take that back um but yeah wow okay well i'll i'll make sure to get more localized bread even if the dollar 
the do- every dollar counts, you know? Anyway, so uh, I guess we should probably get into these longer stories we have for you today. But before we do, we always got to remind you about our our sponsor from another monster. Yeah, we're talking about Spring Hill Jack, baby. The best coffee company in this hemisphere and all the other hemispheres. So go check out Spring Heel Jack. They're great. You guys need your coffee. You, you Even though we're stuck inside, we still got things to do, like listen to podcasts and maybe start your side hustle, which could be a coffee company or a podcast. So why don't you go drink some Spring Hill Jack? They're cheap. They're great. They're shipping it to houses. You don't even have to leave. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to travel 240 miles to go get your coffee. It's coming to you, okay? So... Go check out springheeljack.coffee and make sure to go get your hands on some of them roasty beans. Um, and yeah, okay. Well, David, uh, should we get into uh, these longer stories that we have today? Let's do it! Okay. So, now David, in your hometown of Eugene, do you have a specific road that has like a reputation? Or like, an, are- or like an area, you know what I mean? Like a, like a dangerous one? Uh, yeah, why not? Like, yeah. you have a dead man's curve or something like that, or like a, or like a, uh, haunted hill road, you know, that's like. There's the, there's the famous, uh, Steve's Rock, the Prefontaine Rock. Oh, what's that? that? Uh, so, the famous runner, Steve Prefontaine, it's, uh. It's oh, is that the guy one leg? No, he's dead. Oh. Um. It's the there's a famous rock where he crashed his car in when he died and uh, people go and like people go and like run marathons and win a medal and then come back and like leave the medal there. Oh, that's kind of nice. Wait, he he crashed his car into that rock. Yeah. Do do you not know who Steve Prefontaine is? No. Okay, so uh, maybe maybe that's an episode. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll say we'll save that one. I thought it was the guy with who had like cancer in his leg and he like got his leg amputated, but then he ran across America or something like that. I wasn't no, sure. No, 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 no. Okay. He was like the, he was like the Michael Jordan of track and field. Oh, okay. Like, then because, because of know. him, Nike started. Oh, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, today we're going to New Jersey. So, because in the great state of New Jersey, there is a 10 mile stretch of two lane road that, even though hardly ever repaired or even driven on by travelers, has a reputation uh, to possibly be the most famous road in all of the state, maybe even all of the United States. I mean, no, I take that back. Lombard Street is like pretty famous in San Francisco just because it's so windy, but the folklore oh, yeah. here. <laughs> there's no folklore on that. There's just good bread. Don't tell the guy in London. Anyway, so um, from mystery to mayhem to murder, this road is chock full of so many stories. It is hard to believe one road can hold so much folklore, but that's up for you all to decide. As today, I will be telling you about the infamous Clinton Road. You ever heard of Clinton Road? No, this means nothing to me. Okay, well, before we get into all the folklore, I have to tell you what they're also known for, and that is... The longest traffic light wait in the United States. Like consistently or like there was one time that it took to forever? <laughs> no, no, no. Guinness didn't come out for that one time. No, at this at this intersection on Route 23, uh, Clinton Road and Route 23, uh, there is a, a stoplight there where you have to wait a certain amount of time. And it is apparently the longest traffic light uh, in the United States. Do you know how long you have to wait there for? Um, seven minutes. 
Oh, that was close. It's five minutes. Oh, I was going to say five. God damn it. I should have gone. Which is gut. crazy to think about because I feel like I've waited at lights for five minutes before, but in all reality, I bet it was like a minute and a half to two minutes. You're like, God, can I just go? There's like nobody for miles and miles, but I just don't like you. You're always afraid that there's like a cop right around the corner who's going to bust you for your bread run, you know? It's just but, that one time, the one time you run it, that's when they're there. Exactly. But man, five minutes must be be crazy to think about like how long that is because I've, I've been stuck while there's those trains that just go like literally a centimeter a minute oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah i've been there definitely yeah, been that, there that's i guess that's not technically a stoplight because that could just you know range at any time and moment but this yeah. one is i guess consistent with its five minutes you could do so many chinese fire drills at this stop you could do a picnic on the side of the road uh, if you really want to i mean you could even just start a chinese fire anyway the uh let's continue so the first and most well-known folklore concerning clinton road would most likely have to be the boy of the bridge see the boy of the bridge legend tells the tale of a young boy who drowned after falling off one of the bridges on clinton road and into the waters of the brook below it is still argued to this day which bridge on Clinton Road it is, but it is said that strange phenomena occur at numerous bridge locations on the road. The legend says that if you throw a quarter into the water below, then take a few steps back, the quarter will be thrown back by the ghost of the boy who drowned in the waters below. It is also said that the story gets more sinister and if you dis- uh, that if you decide to peek over the edge of the bridge too far, as the ghost boy has been known to give visitors a shove off the bridge so you can join him as a spirit forever stuck on Clinton Road. So he's, this- a, he's a quick little ghost boy. First just- he's in the water, now he's up on the bridge. Just yeah, eating yeah. people? Yeah, I mean, he he's he's crafty. He's got a lot of time to figure out the footholds up the little crick. And yeah. uh, he doesn't want your money. He just wants your soul. You know, oh, he's yeah. he's a simple kind of man. He's a simple yeah. kind of boy. But um, but don't worry if you do become a ghost on Clinton Road, because you will have a few other friends besides the coin tossing ghost boy. Um, and it is said that uh, there was also a young girl back in 1988 who died in a car crash on the road in her Camaro. And that any mention of the girl or the Camaro while you're on the road uh, will trigger her ghost to appear, which is kind of cool, you know? Yeah. You, you get a cool. cool girlfriend with a Camaro. Who yeah. doesn't want that? Who doesn't want a cool girlfriend with a Camaro and a ghost? Oof. And it is also said that uh, campers camping near the road claim to have en- uh, encountered two ghostly park rangers who reportedly died on the job in 1939 while others have seen dark figures dressed weirdly at odd hours of the night who simply stare silently at campers from a distance and uh, when they draw attention to these uh, figures they usually disappear so you also have some hiking buddies which is good little park rangers and you also got some creeps so if you just want to learn the ropes of watching you know people from a distance they got you yeah. So yeah, you're this, in good this company. Country, this country is built on creeps, so I respect <laughs> that. Uh, I, I can't argue with you. Anyway, so another staple of the infamous Clinton Road has has to be the Bear Fort, also known as Cross Castle. So Cross Castle was built in 1905 by Richard J. Cross as a home for him, his wife, and his three children. 
The castle was originally called Bear Fort for the mountain range it was nestled in, but after Richard died in 1917, a couple of years after he built it, the family sold the property to the state and it quickly took on the name Cross Castle or Clinton Castle, you know, for the road. Um, the heavily forested area around the three-story castle quickly became a haven for the strange, odd, and sometimes evil. But even before the castle was abandoned, the woods had a sort of haunting darkness to them. Historic writer J. Percy Crayon um, would go on to make a journal entry in 1905 when the, when the castle was first built. And no, the journal entry was not in crayon. It was in pencil because he was a respected historical writer. Actually, I don't even know what his occupation was, but there's some books on eBay that like he wrote about like New Jersey woods history or some shit like that. So I, yeah, you know, the lengthy history of where those trees (laughs) came from log still looking like a log today. I'll report (laughs) tomorrow, but so when it, like I said, when it was first built in 1905, he wrote this little journal entry and it goes like this. It was never advisable to pass through the five-mile woods after dark, uh, for tradition tells us they were infested with bands of robbers and counterfeits to say nothing of the witches that held their nightly dances and carousels at Green Island and the ghosts that then made their appearances uh, in such a frightful forms that if that it was more terrifying in the peace uh, to the peaceful inhabitants than wild animals or even the Indians that often passed. So he's basically saying that the robbers, counterfeits, witches, and ghosts were more frightening to the New, New Jersey woods inhabitants than um, than any sort of like animal or uh, Native American who you know was passing through or, you know, lived within the woods or something like that, which is kind of interesting because this was even before, you know, the, the creepiness of the abandoned castle. This was like fresh woods. This is like not a lot of people were living there and everybody was still pretty scared of these woods. Okay. So rumors of different gangs of mongrels or mutants, um, had been said to stalk the woods and attack passerbys, such as the Jackson Whites, which was a gang of miscreants who would cut down trees on the road in front of and behind the vehicles passing through, then attack, murder, and sometimes cannibalize the travelers. Um, yeah. You know, just like That's a good fun. old good old fashioned gang. So yeah. there, there are also rumors of. Oh, you're gonna like this. This gang's better. Um, there's also rumors of an albino village. Okay. You know, you know the albino village that lay hidden deep within the woods, and that sightings of the villages, uh, villages inhabitants became commonplace when camping out there at night. So the albinos didn't bother anybody. You know, they just walked around at night. You know, creeped on people, but they weren't cutting down trees and eating anybody. I think you know. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're they they kept to themselves. Yeah, they don't they don't want to be bothered. They just want to watch you from. They just want to watch you with their pink eyes and. And oh, what I thought they have. I thought albino like snakes have pink eyes. Do they not? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I guess they had a, the, the, this this gang probably had a lot of Brother Ali albums. Oh, my God. He's he's great, even though he's very strange looking, I have to say. So 
<laughs> Lastly, if you go out into the woods, some say that you might be greeted by shotgun-toting KKK members who will not be happy to see you interrupting their bonfires and clan meetings. Some have even gone to tell stories of being chased and shot at by these hooded pieces of shit. So basically, those are the only ones that are like, you know, that are kind of like legitimately probably in those woods. I'm not saying that the albinos and the Jackson whites aren't in there, but yeah. I mean, the KKK members are like proven to be like hiding in the woods, you know, nailing oh, yeah. across yeah, I mean, together. And you go deep enough into any woods and you'll find some, some of the, the, the Ku Klux guys. They're just kissing each other in the woods and being like, we're still everyone. We're plotting evil stuff and we'll just go keep kissing in the woods right yeah they, they go out there they they kiss each other they paint branches these <laughs> beautiful colors to sell on their etsy uh <laughs> they bake they do a lot of baked goods dream catchers yeah yeah they're misunderstood so <laughs> within the walls of the massive castle was said to have a much different energy than that uh, within the forest, a much darker energy as satanic symbols were commonly found on the walls and floors of the structure. One particular story tells of some teens that went out to the castle at night many years back and when the castle, when the castle still stood and parked outside to drink some beers, when all of a sudden they heard something. What came from within the walls would only be described as chanting of some sort. That got louder and louder until one of the girls they were with went into a seizure and could not be brought uh, could not be brought to until the chanting had stopped. All right, so little that's creepy. a little little creepy. I mean, she just might be hiding her epilepsy because she wants to be. She wants to. Hey, I'm just gonna be drinking beers in the woods like the rest of you. And then they're like, "What was that?" And she's like, "Must have been the chanting." I have no idea. I don't have any kind of underlying health problems. That's crazy. But you know, sometimes it's the chanting. Yeah, chanting will get to you. Chanting may cause headache, seizure, loss of appetite. Anyway, <laughs> you, you say it the right way. It does sound like a medicine. Because <laughs> you're thinking of chantix. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't know what Chantix is, but it rings a bell, too. It kept ringing a bell in my head. Some say Chantix was invented in that castle. It's possible. But uh, some also say that if you stepped into the castle and crossed the satanic boundaries, that you would experience things like visions of child murders, (laughs) mysterious bruises, gagging, and internal voices. Okay. Um, Which is crazy because... One of the symptoms of Chantix is also visions of child murders. Yeah. They they always leave that one off the commercial, and it just really pisses me off. I, I looked up Chantix, and I think it's a, um, I think it helps you quit smoking. <laughs> it's worth all those child murder premonitions, I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So, luckily for everyone, in 1988, the state of New Jersey proclaimed the structure to be a attractive nuisance and too dangerous to keep around so they tore it down only leaving the foundations as a reminder of what used to be so you can still find the foundation of the building there and i think people still go there and hang out and you know the classic drink of beer at the old castle in the woods you know like what's that that's what high school is all about i wish i had a castle to an abandoned castle to drink beer at when i was in high school it sounds fun we had a big k that's what we 
That's what we drank our beer at a big K, which is is that Kmart. like a is that like a okay uh, yeah Kmart? No, what I don't think that? I don't think it's called Big K. And now they're I think they went under. No, there's still some yeah. Kmart's around, right? Maybe. I don't I haven't know. seen one in a while. So the, I mean, those are the next to be haunted. I fucking guarantee it. So it is often also said that a large amount of UFO activity can be seen overhead above the woods. Bright always. lights. Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- these they always say that these areas attract. It, it's kind of like, do UFOs attract, um, like, are, are they responsible for these areas? Or do these areas attract UFOs? Like, another really popular one is Skinwalker Ranch, which we kind of touched on. And a lot of people go, does Skinwalker Ranch um, exist because UFOs have dropped creatures off there? You you know, that's they're experimenting there. Or are these places so weird and filled with creatures and such, like, strange paranormal activity um, that they attract UFOs to them? You know what I mean? Like, on a different wavelength, yeah. maybe. It's so, almost like which came first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, bright lights, spaceships, and strange noises riddle the area, which might also explain the odd inhabitants within the woods we have yet to discuss yet. The animals so like i said skinwalker ranch they got some freaky little animals there uh they got some skinwalker little wolf slash human people but uh this this woods has a little bit different of uh some creatures um and some dangerous animals in the woods have been there you know like bears and snakes of course they're always there they've always been there but others seem to have been brought there and are even called unearthly you see, some claim to have seen weirdly shaped and colored wolves, or sometimes even called hellhounds. Are you have... sure they're not just dogs? I mean, see, see, when people describe stuff, they describe what they know. You know, some people have said that they've seen levitating dogs. Some people say that they've seen discolored um wolves like um wolves with the yellow slash green eyes and weird fur and blah 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 but you know you can only you can only call an animal some like you can only relate it to what animals you already know so dogs and wolves are of course you know what people go to but hellhounds i guess are a completely different breed you know of of creature you know yeah so they have been said to chase visitors in their cars and on foot, and others have gone on to claim that the hellhounds were not even running, but floating through the air at tremendous speed. See, like I said, they'll like yeah. it said that dog. They saw a dog floating through the air, but last time I checked, I didn't see a golden labradoodle doing that through the New Jersey woods. That's a hellhound, baby. So others claim to have seen. Monkeys jumping amongst the trees in the woods, which have no worldly reason for inhabiting the New Jersey backwoods. Some go on to say that some of these animals are the uh, Warner Brothers Jungle Habitat theme park. Uh, they're, they're animals from the theme park that closed in 1976. That some of these animals 
um, within the woods are hybrids resulting from crossbreeding, while others claim that they uh, are extraterrestrial related. So it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Disneyland. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. This, there you this go. This is a microcosm of Disneyland. You know, the WB Jungle Habitat. This is this is what happens when you release all your animals to just go mate with each other, and uh, you know, so let's see what we get. You know, we'll throw some. Some spooky ghosts. We'll throw a monkey in there. We'll th- we'll throw mm-hmm. a you know a hellhound and uh, Some a couple haunted dolls. A couple just for good measure. Cannibalistic uh, gangs and see what we get. So, um, in. 1983, a cyclist was also traveling down the road when he discovered a grouping of vultures flying overhead. When he investigated further, he discovered the body of a man lying just beyond the road. After an autopsy was done on the man, um, they had found out that he had died from foul play, uh, remarking something uh, initially puzzling. Um, He had ice crystals in his blood vessels near his heart. His interior organs also had decayed at a rate far slower than his skin. Pathologists concluded that someone had frozen his body after death in an attempt to mislead investigators into believing he died at a later time than he actually did. The man was identified as Daniel Daniel Deppner, a local criminal and car thief who was involved in mafia activities in nearby Rockland County, New York. The investigation ultimately led to the 1986 arrest of Richard the Iceman Kuklinski, a New Jersey native involved in Rockland organized crime who confessed to being the killer after after he was arrested. Now, do you know who Richard Kuklinski is? It sounds familiar. Um, I don't know a lot about it, but I know that I know of like the Iceman thing. Yeah, so he was. Uh, I w- I became kind of obsessed with him back in high school because one of my buddies was reading a book about him, and he told me who this guy was. And then we went and found all these like YouTube uh, clips of interviews with him, and he was a Russian. I think Russian, or I think he was Russian hitman who was like this 6'4 beast who was like a family man who killed basically for like a job only. He he didn't – he was like a sociopath for sure, but he would kill okay. just as like a job. He didn't like enjoy killing, and he did feel like some form of remorse for some of his murders, but he knew that like – um, you know, the job had to be done and he was, this is like what he was really good at, but it was just crazy because he recalled a lot of the times of the murders he had to commit. And it is also always fascinated me. I mean, we could cover him at a, at a later date, but like two of the stories that always fascinated me was, or three, two or three, he basically would kill people in like very unique ways. One of the ways he would do is he would go to a bar, pretend he was drunk and he would get a drink and pour arsenic in it and then go over to the person he was supposed to whack and pretend to be drunk and spill the drink on their clothing and the drink would sl- uh, go into their clothing and then obviously they wouldn't like change their pants or their shirt while they were at the bar for like the most part and the liquid and the arsenic would slowly sl- seep into their bloodstream and their body and it would kill them like hours later but he just looked like a regular drunk who spilled a drink it's smart isn't that crazy? Another time, he um, the other story I wanted to tell was that when he was first um, going to be hired as a hitman, 
he went to the mob, Russian or Italian. I can't really remember off the top of my head. But the guy said, like, you want to be like my hitman? He goes, yeah, I want to be your hitman. He goes, okay, there's like one rule is that you don't question who I tell you to kill. And he goes, that's not a problem. And he goes, okay, get in the car. So they get in the car and they start driving around. They park the car. And he said that there's a guy walking his dog on the street. And the guy said, go kill that guy. And he went over and he shot the dude in the back of the head and left him there. And his dog was just like still like standing there after he killed this guy. And he says, to this day, I don't know if that guy was a random guy walking down the street or if he had actually any mafia involvement, which yeah, is like wild. the most haunting thing I could think of. Like he couldn't question it. That was like the test. Like, who is this guy? You can't question it. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. But yeah, well, I mean, he, it's like all those movies where the, they send the assassin to kill someone and they fall in love and then they run from the mob. You know, he could have fallen in love with that man and that dog. <laughs> he at least could have kept the dog, right? Yeah. I just feel but so then, bad you know, for the dog. That's evidence. Yeah sad like the dog just sitting there like what's what what just happened like i it, it's a heartbreaking story um and richard kuklinski if you guys want to check it out like he has a bunch of interviews on youtube and he's just like it's weird because he's like so stone cold when he's describing all these murders but when he brings up his family and his daughters and stuff he like begins to cry and tear up and you're like oh he is like a normal person who has like a family but he just didn't uh... he like he like don't, just, don't get too wild with it saying he's a normal person. Well, I guess not. But you know what I mean? Like when we think of these serial killers, you think of them as like unearthly beings who are just like complete monsters. And you're like, oh, this guy had like a family and people he cared about. But like he was also like a ruthless murderer. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. It's real. He has a he has a couple really haunting stories. I think he had another one where he said like. He told this guy, if you could convince me not to kill you in the next five minutes, I won't do it. And then he just, like, ended up shooting him because he's like, sorry, you didn't do it. And I was like, fuck. That's like – and he goes, I wish I didn't do that. He said that in the interview. He's like, I wish I wasn't, like, playing with that guy and said, like, here, convince me in five minutes. I wish I, I wish I just killed him and got it over with. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, man. The guy's ruthless. Anyway, so um, to wrap this up, from Druid Temples to Vanishing Body Bags – to severed heads, it seems that Clinton Road and the woods that surround are chock full of strange and spooky stories that continue to haunt the state of New Jersey. In the end, Clinton Road remains open to travelers, hikers, and explorers who will remain uh, and will remain open for the time being despite the strange activities. But if you ever find yourself in New Jersey and you decide to take the desolate Clinton Road, Make sure to stay in your car because that 10 mile stretch of road may become your final resting place. Ooh, spooky, 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 spooky. Anyway, so yeah, mafia, KKK, cannibalistic gangs, ghosts, monsters, savage monkey and hellhounds. There's everything, UFOs, everything is on this road. It's Actually, pretty fascinating how much folklore is just in this 10-mile stretch of woods, I mean, road and the woods surrounding it. So it's pretty pretty interesting in itself. Yeah, for sure. So that's my story. All right. Well, I guess I'll start mine. Uh, today, my story will be taking us all the way to the motherland of the Soviet Union. Oh, and, uh, Richard Kuklinski? <laughs> no, we're going to talk about... Uh, Shavarish, it's a hard name. 
I might have to just call him Shaw for the whole time. Shavarish, uh, Vladimiri, not Vladimir, but Vladimiri. Ooh. Uh, Kara Petion. That's his Do whole you know name. That is. Wait, are those two yeah, people? I mean, no, that's 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 that. Was, his middle name's Vladimiri. Oh, middle name. Okay, I thought it was Bryant. Yeah, probably could have left that out. <laughs> um, but he is also known as the Soviet Superman. Oh fuck, no, I don't know about him at all. So uh, Savars was born on May nineteenth of uh, nineteen fifty three in uh, Armenia's third largest city of Kirill Vankin, now called Vanzador, which at the time was a part of the Soviet Union. Okay. Uh, I think I I think that's probably the last of the really hard words. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, tried to skip around those, but yeah. I mean, they got backwards K's and R's and. Oskis and Floskis and and Thingamadoos and Jimadies. I'm a little lost when it comes to Russian. I have to say, respect yeah. if you could speak it. Yeah. So uh, Savarsh and his family moved to Yerevan in 1964 when he was 11. Quick math. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Saravash finished his eight years of school and then attended a uh, technical school for auto mechanics. Saravash uh, was an honest, hardworking man who had a dying passion for one thing. And that was, that all started when a family friend advised he started swimming at a young age. Oh. Yeah. Big what? swimmer boy. So, and like that's Russia too. Like, I don't know if he's swimming in pools or if he's just like outdoors, but probably swimming in some like half frozen lakes i'm guessing at this point right oh yeah like yeah i feel like that's just like russian standard like if you want swimming lessons like you go like carve a hole in the ice and just like like start swimming like it's just it's brutal over there they're rough and tough i have to say oh yeah so eventually his passion for swimming would trans uh trans would take a transition to uh fin swimming which is an underwater sport consisting of four techniques of styled swimming using two different types of fins. There is a monofin, which is like one huge tail fin, which is what you would see mermaid. people at SeaWorld using. Exactly. You'd see them at SeaWorld using them, pretending that they're mermaids. Uh-huh. And then there's also uh, bifins, which is your typical flipper style, having your uh, your legs separated in smaller individual fins. Scuba diving, trying to walk on land, all funny flip-floppy looking ones. Exactly. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but I was unaware that this is an actual sport. Um, and I've never seen people racing in the pool with fins on, but I guess it's been an Olympic sport since the nineteen since nineteen eighty one. It's an Olympic sport. Yeah, I've never seen it in the Olympics, but apparently it's a part of it. It's so weird because a uh, little side note, we uh we were doing like this trivia via Twitch last night because like you could go on like Twitch and do trivia, like live trivia things and stuff like that. And one of them was Olympic category or Olympic sports and there's something called like a a modern quintathlon or something that is literally okay. like swimming, shooting, fencing, horseback riding and bicycles. And it's Damn. it's uh, it's an actual Olympic sport that used to exist with like um, it was like you know um, javelin, shot put, uh, long jump, wrestling, and like sprinting. But they like switched it up, and now it's like all these really really obscure like talents. You know what I mean? That's yeah. 
Very I always strange. like the one when they I like the one when they ski and then shoot targets. Oh, see, you forget about all the weird Olympic sports. I mean, it, the flipper one's so weird. There's also handball. Like handball is an Olympic yeah. sport. BMX is an Olympic sport. Like that's crazy. I know they're it's trying like to make pole common, dancing but... an Olympic sport. No way. Are you serious? Yeah, they were trying to do that for a while. I mean, it is kind of like gymnastics if you really think about it. Oh, yeah. you got to be in great shape to do that shit. Like hanging from the rings, like Circus Olay shit, right? Yeah. It's crazy. So uh, you're probably you're probably confused on why I'm talking about this sport, and uh, we will get into that because it is very important. But first, like many young men at the time, uh, Savarsh would serve in the Soviet Air Defense Forces from... 1975 to 1976 at the base in Baku. Is that also in Russia? I'm assuming so. Okay. Russia's so big. Yeah. Yeah. So now this takes us to 1976. Savarsh and his... uh, Okay, so he was a... He was a master of the sports of the USSR. So it was like a, a merited, like like a uh, title he was given being a master of sports. Oh, it's kind of like and, a knight a knighthood or something like that. I guess. Okay. Um and he was a 10-time world record breaker in fin swimming. Oh, fuck. So he was kind of a badass at, at fin swimming, I guess. Um and on September 16th, 1976, Savarsh would add another achievement to his name that I'd assume carried a bigger honor of heroism than any gold medal could. Savarsh and his brother were jogging alongside the Yerevan Lake. Um, and yeah, so I said he was, he was with his brother, uh, Camo, K-A-M-O, Camo. That's cool. Uh, who was also a fin swimmer, so also a good swimmer. The two brothers had just finished their usual and casual 12-mile run when they heard the sound of a crash and saw a sinking trolley bus which had lost control and fallen from the dam wall. Uh oh! Not not the, not the damn wall, but you know, like the dam at the lake. I if I ran a twelve mile run, I'd be like, oh man, we should definitely call somebody because I'm too yeah. tired. Yeah. So you you can assume what happened next, right? He's he's putting on his fins, or I don't know if he has his fins with him, but he's definitely going in that water. Well, you could say maybe a song started playing in the distance, and that song went. And they say that hero. <laughs> so no, Nickelback was on the train. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so the trolley quickly sank to the bottom of the reservoir, hitting 33, deep, 33 feet deep underwater. Shavarish uh, uh, quickly dove into the water and swam to the area, not knowing exactly where it was, with almost zero visibility due to the silt. Oh, wow. That's fucking kind of terrifying. I mean, it's terrifying for the people who obviously just went overboard in this train or trolley car, but it's also, like, terrifying yeah. to be like, am I going down here and, like, I mean, obviously he assumed that there are people in there, but, like, you're going in blind. You're like, okay, I need to, like, knock it turned around and start, you know, you know, find my way up. And I don't know if there's, like, ice over the top of the water or, like, what the situation's like, but overall just pretty terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so, do you know what silt is? Is it just like um, like dirt on like the sea floor that like kind of floating through the water? 
Yeah, so I didn't know what it was. I Googled it, and it's it's basically a clay-like material that sits at the bottom of water and like lakes and rivers. Mm-hmm. And so, so you can imagine a large object crashing into it. It would disperse like uh like making kind of like a brownish tan cloud yeah it's like when you throw like a big rock into like a like a lake or like off a bridge and then like the water gets all cloudy and you're just like oh cool yeah, yeah. and then you die yeah, first never, in there <laughs> yeah i never knew that what the name of that was but it's silt s-i-l-t silt uh so our hero dove down to 33 feet broke out the back window with his feet and started pulling the passengers out one by one, swimming them up to the surface to hand them off to his brother who would take them to shore. Okay. Did he have his fins on or no? Right. He didn't, he wasn't, I don't know. He wasn't running, holding his fins, like thinking he's running. I don't think so. Okay. You know, he, he could have punched a tree and taken some of that bark (laughs) off and crafted one real quick, but I don't think he he had them with him. He just fucking grabs a duck and rips its feet off and (laughs) (laughs) these are mine. Eats the bill. He skins Uh, a, he skins a mermaid and crawls in its sleeping bag. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) he would go back and forth until he rescued 20 people. Oh my God. Yeah, so let's do some quick math here. 20 people were rescued. He would dive down 33 feet, then up 33 feet 20 times. So um, that's a total of 1,000. Oh, you want, you, want to, you, want to, you want to take a quick, no. a quick crack at what that math is? <laughs> no, not even a little bit. So he, he, uh, he dove down a total of 1,320 feet. Oh, my God. And I lied. That wasn't quick math. I used a calculator. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, talk about, I mean, I'm right place, right time, right? I mean. There's some lucky ass people. That's the, yeah, that's the one guy who can do that. But I was also thinking like when this thing went overboard, like where they like roll up the windows, but then like, you know, like there's still air in it, but like. You know how, you know, like when they show like a bus go into the water and then like it slowly still has air in it and stuff like that. Like, I wonder like how much of it was underwater when he was like kicking out the back window and pulling people. You know what I mean? Like, what? Well, it said it's 33 feet deep, so. But there's 20. I don't think any of it was. But there's like 20 people, so I feel like half of those people would be dead. Like, you could only hold your breath for so long. And like, just to grab people and bring them back up, that like. I wonder what the time like timeline looked like, that's, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, how long did this take? Yeah, it's crazy. There must have been some so the, air pocket, at least, at least, right? Yeah, had to have been. Mm-hmm. So the combined effect of the cold water and multiple cuts from the glass shards led it to Sharvish uh, to being hospitalized for 45 days as he developed pneumonia and uh, sepsis from the nasty little piss boy water he was swimming in. Oh no! Uh, with an open wound. You know everybody yeah. pissed their pants in that in that trolley car. That that trolley car, like the windows were closed, but they were like filled up to their necks just by all the piss in there. Oh, I, I don't think it stopped at the piss. Welcome to the piss Tobin. bus. <laughs> the piss, yeah. the piss shit bus. All aboard the piss bus. I think yeah. they have one of those just... in Vegas, right? Yeah, they have to. <laughs> if it's anywhere, it's in fucking Vegas. Hop on the piss bus. We'll take you to Caesars. <laughs> so our hero would contract a lung would contract lung complications as well from the accident that would end his competitive sport career. No, I mean. S- the the former yeah. is better than the latter, right? Like it's better to yeah. save twenty people and then just get a few more medals. 
Exactly. So his heroic actions would not be recognized for another two years, being that all photos related to the event were kept at the uh, the DA's office. What? But once the f- yeah, I don't know. It's like evidence or something. Who knows? Was but like once a- the photos became. What's up? I was gonna say, was it like a political assassination? Like, like, did the the government was like, fuck, like this guy wasn't supposed to be here. Like, everybody on that bus was a terrorist, and we were trying to kill them. Like, I don't. And the, and the small child he saved last <laughs> grew up to be Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and Steve Jobs shook his hand. <laughs> I uh, love those fucking s- bullshit stories. They're so good. <laughs> So Shavarsh uh, would uh, would would gain the award and the medal for the salvation of the drowning. Oh, and, that medal! Uh, that medal that everybody gets. Yeah, everybody knows that one. <laughs> so hyper specific. And he uh, would also get the Order of the Badge Honor, and would Ooh. become a household name in the USSR on October twelfth of nineteen eighty two, when an article was published on his actions titled the underwater battle of the champion. Ooh. And after he would, re- after all this, he would receive over 60,000 letters of affection. Okay. This is so much better than winning a fucking flipper race. Like, yeah, he's like, I'll take pneumonia any day just to get like this much praise. I mean, I mean the endorsements alone, right? I mean, he's probably on yeah. the cover of every piss magazine ever. He's on Jimmy Kimmel once a week. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel would just like fucking fill up a bathtub and like tr- go down and try to find the glow sticks. Go f- go find the rocket at the bottom. You know that little rocket thing that you throw in the pool? Oh, so fun. Oh, yeah. The torpedo? Oh, so fun. I always enjoyed the weight to that fucking thing. Yeah. You know, it felt like you were really holding something. Yeah, when you threw it and you got like a nice throw and it hit somebody right in the penis. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> got him. Got him. I'm a terrorist. So (laughs) now you might think this is where his heroism would end, but that's just not true. Oh, no. On February, on February 19th, 1985, uh, Savage would happen to be close to a burning building that had people trapped inside. Yeah. You know, okay. Go through the water and the fire. I don't want to jump to any conclusions right now, but like, you think he's doing this? You think he's behind it all? He's leaving pennies on the railroad tracks. He's fucking light, throwing a little Molotov in through the first floor window. Oops, look, they need helping. So, yeah, exactly. And uh, it's a little suspicious. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he found this. He, he ended up being at this burning building. So what did he do? He did what a hero would do. And I knew you were going to fucking do that. <laughs> Uh, so he rushed into the burning building and started pulling people out without any hesitation once again Uh, so he was badly burned and suffered severe burns and once again spent a long time in the hospital i was i was was half hoping that you were gonna say like he ran in and there was like a fire and he just like dove headfirst in the fire because he didn't understand how fire worked, and he thought it was like swam through the flames. He's like, "This orange water is hot. What is going on here?" He's like, "Oh, dude, he can only do the swim thing once. He didn't know how fire worked. I'm sorry." Oh, oh not wet, <laughs> hot, not wet, hot, hot burn, not wet. Ow, 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 owie, 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 bone hurting juice. Fuck. 
<laughs> so yeah, he he's awarded the I don't know if you call it the UNESCO or the because it was all in capitals. So the the U N E S C O, and an in quotes fair play award for his heroism. Bear play. Fair play. Oh, fair play. <laughs> Not bear play. That sounds like. He, and then, that sounds and then like a it... week later, he wrestled three bears <laughs> to <laughs> save twelve kids. I was say bear play sounds like an underground, like <laughs> gay gay, gay gay thing going. On. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, can we say that? Yeah, I think can we make so. This joke? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. They they like it. It's fine. Yeah. Bear play. I'm fine. sure there is a bear a bear play award somewhere. He he satisfied the most men in the shortest amount of time. Fair play. So uh, Savarish would eventually move to uh, Moscow, and uh, where he would he founded a shoe company called Second Breath, and that was in uh, 2014. Oh no, sorry. And in 2014, he participated in the Winter Olympics torch relay for the second stage of the run, and in an interview he said. I was carrying the torch for Russia and for Armenia. Oh, that's nice. So you know, like, yeah. So you know, he might have never gotten to compete in the Olympics. I don't know if he ever won any Olympic medals, but he at least got to carry the torch. Oh, he never won any so, Olympic medals. You know, I think he had to have. Yeah, because he got he, he got the have, award right? from Russia. I mean, he broke ten world records. So like, you might be right where he might have been competing in between the years or something like that. And, you know, th- there's stuff yeah. that happens with the Olympics where like, you, you know, you train, but then something fuck, you know, it happens, something happens and you mess up and then you don't get the medal. But like, obviously there's a lot of off season competitions and he was probably breaking like crazy records there. So he probably got awards from Russia, but yeah, you might be right. Maybe he didn't win any Olympic medals, but just, just the fact that he got to run the torch is probably cool enough. Right. Yeah, so he is an 11-time world record holder, 17-time world champion, 13-time European champion, and 7-time USSR champion. And that's all in the swimming, correct? Yeah. Wow. I believe. Is that still a sport, like the flipper swimming? What's it called? On Wikipedia, it said that the the fin swimming it was an Olympic sport in 1981, and it still it it said 1981 to current. Really. That's kind yeah. of surprising. I'd be down to watch that though. I want to see how fast they go. Cause like, you, what if they just didn't go that fast? <laughs> I was gonna say because like, <laughs> obviously like Michael Phelps and and uh, and all of them who are like really good, they're, they're they're like hauling ass in the water. I can't even imagine what like you know these guys with like flippers on. They're probably like touching the side of the other side of the pool and in half a breath. Yeah. Jeez. So. uh Savarsh still lives in Moscow at the age of uh, oh sorry Moscow at the age of sixty six. So it is possible that you know is you know is are his days playing the Soviet Superman over? I don't think they are, and only time will tell. Mm. Who, who knows? Maybe he'll have one last. He'll have one more go. I say so. I mean. He, those, those Russians, they, they're built different. You know, I think that he's gonna, he's their ringer. He's, they're gonna like wake, they're gonna like open this, like this metal, um, coffin type container filled with like a bunch of like dry ice. Can we say it's more egg? 
Can it be more egg shaped? I want it to be okay. Egg-shaped. It's egg shaped, and he's gonna come out, and he's gonna be covered in like a goo, and he's gonna be like all the steam coming out, and he's just gonna come out and fucking. They're gonna release him on the Olympics, and he's gonna win every single category, even BMX. All of them. BMX too. Even, even BMX and the unicycling. Is that one? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I wish. Should be. I wish they would get more creative. I mean, little did I know that they did have a bunch of like create like handball like i want to see handball now like that seems interesting because i don't even know that's i want to see handball but everything's on fire oh that sounds nice oh no he would win fireball he would win that one Nah, he didn't do too i mean he did save people but he did get he got pretty burnt up i think oh okay well i think he looked like anakin at the end (laughs) don't say the third star Wars. well you could just say that is he anakin then or is he darth vader i think he's now in the darth vader phase yeah that's post burn is darth vader pre burn is anakin that's the process that's the transition right there i know people say the suit the suit is but no it's the burns it's just like you know with cake batter throw in the fire and then you got a cake exactly yeah uh darth vader is cake anakin is just the batter he's just the eggs he's just he's just a mush anyway yeah well is that is that it for all is that superman Superman. So far, that's the end of my story. Who knows? Maybe we'll have an update. Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, too bad the Olympics got either canceled, rescheduled, whatever's going on. But you know what? They're keeping him in the egg. He's doing fine in his goo pod. And, you know, once once the next Summer Olympics rolls around, we'll, we'll be ready. Or they'll be ready. Let's not kid ourselves. I have no say in this. But uh, did, did did you see that shit about the – I think it was the, the Masters who uh, – They'd been paying like a pandemic insurance policy for like couple like couple of years, and I think they like basically at the end of the day they paid like thirty four million dollars in like no an insurance way. policy, and then they just made like one hundred forty one million off of it. Wait the the golf the it. golf tournament Masters? Yeah, I, I think it was the Masters. Whoa! It might have been Wimbledon, whichever maybe like the. The tennis one is that Wimbledon? Yes, Wimbledon. Yeah, one one of the two, I think. You know, it's kind of yeah. creepy. How insane is that? You know, it's kind of creepy. The fact that I mean, there's probably a conspiracy behind that in itself because the Masters is obviously like who plays golf more than anybody? Like old rich white it's men. Donald Trump. Yeah, old rich white oh, men yeah. who are just like probably talking like, hey. Um, you know, you better start paying in that pandemic insurance, wink, wink. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. So it is kind of creepy to think about that out of every sport. It wasn't just like, you know, a, a smaller sport. It was just like the 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 most well-known highfalutin sport. It wasn't sport. the XFL. Yeah, exactly. It's It's the one where you have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to be a part of the sport or the country club. Yeah. So, I mean, fuck, that's kind of creepy. But, hey. They got the money. They got the money to be paying yeah. thirty-five million in insurance for something that we never thought was gonna happen. So, yeah, Jesus. Anyway, I think that covers all of our stories today. We even got some conspiracy in there for you, you know. So, uh, if you guys want to check out more of this information, go to campstrange.com. All of our hyperlinks for all of our social media are there. If you guys want to rate, review, and subscribe, we would love that as well. If you guys want to send us anything, send it to campstrangepodcast at gmail.com. And if you guys want to check out our store, we got some merch in the form of shirts and mugs. So, uh, you guys could, uh, you know, 
stay repping Camp Strange through, even though you can't, you know, leave your house. You know, just for you. Just for you. It's just for the FaceTimes you do. And then when we, you get released the same day that Pod, Pod Eggman, I can't remember his name now. What's his name? Slavensky? Who? Who's your guy? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Savinsky. That works. We're gonna we're gonna get I feel like I was saying his fucking name wrong the whole time, so let's just go with that. Savinsky. When he gets Savarsh. <laughs> so when he gets released, that'll be about the time that we get released from all of this. And then you can just go sport and show off your, your new merch. So go do that if you want. But David, uh what else do we have for these people? Um, you know, to to get in our merch store. Uh I got a an empty can, but it's not that empty. Because, spoiler alert, it's got a bunch of rocks in it. Oh. You can give it to your baby, and it can shake it all night. Oh, well, we got a we got a, um, a tour bus, and it's waist deep in, in, in the PP, and it's fun as long as you keep your head above the, the water line, you know? It's, it's, it's not water. It's a, <laughs> no, but we have to call it uh, the liquid line. Let's call it the liquid line. We don't want to scare yeah, anybody okay. off too soon. Don't open the door. I've got, don't open the door. I've got a... I got a big old plate of Stephen King's brownies. Oh, I have a. He made them himself. Oh, okay. I have uh, bologna with pimentos in it, and it's a frisbee. You can use it as a frisbee. You could throw it to your your, your elderly neighbor. She she's almost out of food. Throw some pimento bologna on her roof, and uh, you know help help the lady out a little bit. You know. Yeah. I've got uh, I've got doctor's IDs. Uh, you can you can be a doctor. You don't got to go to school. You just got to buy one of the IDs from our store. <laughs> um, I have uh, steel toe boots, and you can you can drop something on your foot, and it's gonna cut your toes off because that's not OSHA regulated anymore. You want a carbon tip. No. I'm telling you right now. You want a carbon tip toe. You you don't want the steel. The steel's bad. It's dangerous. Okay. So we have carbon tipped. Oh, yeah. I lied. We have carbon tipped toes. I've got a nephew who just moved into your basement, and he's gonna eat all of your cheese. I was thinking cheeses too. What the fuck? That's so weird. I was mm, thinking cheeses. I don't know what's why. Your, what, what's what's your favorite cheese at flavor? Um. See, I was thinking goldfish. I was going like flavor blasted pizza. Oh no no no! What's your favorite cheese at? Flavor? I didn't know there was many. Oh, I know you want me to say parmesan, huh? I don't care what the fuck you say. <laughs> say what's your favorite. I like OG. OG cheese. It's hard to go wrong with OG. I really, really love the overbaked ones. Oh, I don't know you those. Had those. No. They're like the extra toasty. They're like, they they almost taste a little burnt. Ooh, well, you're going to have to fight my nephew for those. I will. Okay. I'll punish that nephew. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep you updated on nephew news. Uh, until next time. David, do you have anything to say? Uh, just stay safe, everybody. Stay indoors. Uh, FaceTime your parents. Um, and kiss yourself in the mirror. Great advice. And don't forget to stay strange. <laughs>